Hello and welcome to the Beauty Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauty Industry, Tamara Shaw. Here we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauté Industry. Today with me, I have two guests, husband and wife duo, Alicia and James Crook of Massage Champions. Alicia is a massage therapist by trade turned business coach and James being the brains behind their digital marketing and business campaigns provide a six-week coaching program specific to the massage industry. Today we discuss the business of massage, mindset, marketing and mechanics as well as looking at how you can work free from burnout, bring in new clients and retain the existing. From Massage Champions, today we welcome Alicia and James Crook. Thank Thank you. you. Great to be here. Great to have you. Alicia, I'd love to start with you as you are the qualified tools of the trade here being a massage therapist yourself. What originally made massage a pathway which you wanted to create a career in? I was diagnosed with scoliosis at the age of 13 uh, and it was too severe for a back brace. So I needed surgery and while I was on the waiting list for surgery, uh, when I was 15, uh, remedial massage was a really big part of my uh, holistic lifestyle routine. It helped me feel comfortable with the person that I that I am uh, because my body didn't look like my friends and at 13, 14 and 15 that was a big deal. Mm. Uh, and so massage is a really big part of my journey. I had major back surgery at 15, so ended up with an 82-degree curvature up the top, 72 down the bottom. Wow. and have two middle rods either side of my spine and um, three half ribs, a full rib removed, and five thoracic discs with hooks and screws in my spine as well. So massage was a really big part of physically helping me feel comfortable, uh, emotionally helping me feel comfortable, and then also my healing journey afterwards as well. Wow, E, you have been through it all already. <laughs> yeah, and you should say, like, it, it's pretty much the surgery fixed everything, right? Or it has led to li- leading a pretty normal life Absolutely. for the rest of your life. Yeah, I've had two kids naturally. I've thrown myself down every water slide, fast ride I can find, <laughs> skydive mm-hmm. twice. I'm doing all right. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And so you say um, physically and emotionally helped you out there through massage. What do you mean by that? So I mean that... Well, I had a lot of cramping and things like that physically because my muscles Mm. were adjusting to what was happening in my spine. So massage helped with that. But with looking different, I mean, I kind of likened it to my body looked like a piece of melted plastic. It was twisted. It was rotated. It was contorted. Um, You know, I live near the beach. So often going down the beach, I felt a little bit uncomfortable um, because I didn't look like my friends. My massage therapist at the time really held the space and helped me feel comfortable with who I was regardless of what I looked like. And that was really what got me into wanting to become a massage therapist and be able to create that experience for other people who might have been journeying through something similar. Amazing. And so you were a massage client. What was that thought process like of going, hang on, maybe I could do this myself? (laughs) Uh, It was a pretty quick process and it led me to living school halfway through year 10, getting a job full-time at a bakery for $7.68 an hour to go and save up for my massage course. (laughs) Um, And I was one of those people that when I stepped in, I knew I wanted to run, you know, day one of my Cert 4, I knew I wanted to run a clinic. I was there. This was like it was going to be a university degree for me. I wanted to have staff, multidisciplinary, um, and I kind of, it was like I was just waiting. I'd already seen that and I was just sort of waiting for time to catch up. So I think I only missed one half class in the whole two years I was there um, and just really just played full out to learn it and get it because I wanted to be able to create that, that kind of space for other people. Interesting. So you must be um, quite a good leader, an innate leader, perhaps at that age, maybe you didn't know you were a good leader. Um, But having already that mindset that you wanted to be the manager, be the business owner and help others then in their career as well, that's very advanced. Mm. 
I was actually homeschooled from grade four to year 10. And I think that's a massive part of why, because I was encouraged to be really driven. Um, And it's, I think it's been an amazing part of my story because working for myself or working for yourself, you have to create something from nothing. There's no one telling you what you have to do, what you're going to earn, what's expected of you. And so for a lot of people that can be quite challenging, especially if they've been employed for a long time. I think for me, one of the strengths that I have because of homeschooling is that I had to create that stuff myself. So I was used to, you know, being able to look at my calendar, look at what I needed to learn and then be able to create that in my life because it's what I'd sort of shown up with doing through my education. Mm, So quite a fluid transition from, um, you know, running your own day in terms of a classroom to running your own column as a massage Mm. therapist. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. (laughs) fantastic and so massage champions for our audience who maybe haven't heard can you give us a deep dive into what is massage champions absolutely massage champions is online coaching and training where we empower massage therapists and give them clarity both here in australia canada the uk um, and in new zealand and we basically work with therapists to help them see maybe five who were seeing five to 10 clients a week and want to get it to full time, which is usually around 25 clients a week. Um, and maybe also want to work with staff and, you know, run a whole clinic for myself. It came out of, um, having business coaching myself, which was amazing. It changed the way that I fundamentally did business, but it wasn't specific to me and my industry. It was very much, um, a lady who the only business she'd run was her own. And she'd come from corporate. So I learned a lot of amazing things and a lot of mindset stuff that I'm like, people need to be teaching this to massage therapists. It's really important. And I looked around and no one was and went, well, I could fill that gap. You know, I think that with the tools that I have, with the determination that I've got, I've journeyed through a lot of stuff that a lot of therapists want to do, uh, probably fearful of doing and fearful of what may happen. I've experienced both sides (laughs) of that um, and wanted to be able to create something that was geographically diverse, uh, that I could work with people all over Australia or the world uh, rather than just sort of doing face-to-face. I wanted it to be really leveraged so that we could have a really big impact. Mm, What you're saying there about... You know, I think as business owners and even therapists and just in general, we go to so many events and networking mornings and expos and we hear from all of these inspirational people. And I think the beauty industry and even more niche, the massage industry, there's not a whole lot of that kind of real inspirational someone to mentor you and coach you and there is nowadays but I guess 10, 15 years ago there really wasn't and now we're seeing kind of businesses like this and even like mine, beauty industry, because we're just craving something like this in the industry and I love what you've created there because prior to this we had no one, you know, there was really no one for us to look up to. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that was probably some of my in some of the biggest challenges that I faced in the clinic. Who did I turn to? Like there was nobody when we got audited for certain things, when you know, we had to have a conversation with the ATO around superannuation, when we had when we were audited by different health funds, just as a random audit, there was nobody in my corner and to have to face, you know, the auditors in front of you and think, Oh my gosh, what have I done wrong? when we hadn't done anything wrong. But even just to have somebody that might have done this before that I didn't feel like a, a criminal, <laughs> I certainly wasn't, <laughs> I can't lie to save myself, um, it would have just been absolutely incredible. And I know that that's, that's the part that I really love playing uh, for our clients when, they're, you know, when, when the dark days come, that they actually have somebody in their corner supporting them that's been there, that gets it and knows that you know, on the other side of that day, there is light and there is other things to come. But often, as I'm sure you know, when you're, when you're facing something that's ridiculously challenging and you think no one in the world has ever had to do this, mm-hmm. it's really encouraging. And it, it does feel great to have somebody else that actually gets it and has walked in it and been there and done it as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more there. And I love, um, I love the saying, somebody who gets it. Because, you know, you can talk to your family, talk to your friends, talk to 
you know, so many other people and they don't get the industry because it's such a different one. We're so practical but so energetic and so caring and so nurturing but then we have to be a business owner all at the same time and it's a really intricate industry which only people who are in there really do get it yeah yeah Mm. and it feels odd I think when you say to your family you know family like I've got a lot of um I've got an engineer so my brother my other brother's a teacher and his wife's a teacher and you know it's like hey how's your week been and they're complaining about work because that's what people do um, and I'm, you know, how's your week? Been? Oh, it's been fantastic. I had my best week on record and it's, you know, and it's like, they just sort of their eyes glaze over and, you know, they're happy for me, but they have no idea how to respond because they have no <laughs> frame of reference for that. And I think I'm certainly not alone, you know, speaking to clients who are just like, it's just so nice to be able to chat even to other therapists who understand that this is a great week and I can celebrate with them and they're not going to think that I'm you know totally on myself they're not going to judge me (laughs) for being amazing they're just going to get excited with me um is also a really great platform for people to be able to yeah just be around a great tribe very cool and I'm wondering then so you've got the massage champions which is um kind of like an online course and um support community how did you go about creating that? You know, I know a lot of massage therapists and beauty therapists think I want to be a mentor, I want to be a coach, I want to have my own training platform. What was your process in doing so? I Googled coaching for coaches and I got <laughs> all sorts of stuff come up and I probably Googled for three or four weeks. I was specifically looking for somebody that could help me create it, put it online, market it, and and take what I had and be able to run with it. I remember speaking to another mentor who said, oh, you should just do $30 um, webinars to see if people will come to them because I don't think people will pay for coaching. Um, mm. Interesting conversation. I stopped being a mentor of them after that. Yeah, lucky you ignored that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept looking. I just kept searching and searching. And then one day, one day this guy came up in my feed and said, I help coaches scale to six figures. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, I probably consumed, oh, I reckon, about six or seven hours of content uh, from that guy. And eventually, about three weeks later, he rang me. I couldn't find a phone number to call anywhere. I would have, you know, given my left arm to have a conversation with him at the time. Um, and we basically went through the process of, um, you know, figuring out if we were right. And I worked with him. And within six weeks, or no, eight weeks, I had a course outline created. I had built week one or week week one and two of the course. Um, I had done a webinar, I'd made sales and I'd sold into my premium program, which at that time was $1,000. So at the end of the eight-week course, I'd already made the money back that I'd invested with him um, and then just kept taking action like a crazy person for the next probably six to 12 months. Um, it's one of those overnight successes that <laughs> takes a long time <laughs> in the making. It was a lot of work. Like seriously, the the original course that we call Fully Booked Without Burnout, it's a six-week course and it's six days a week for six weeks. There's a lesson. So there's six lessons a week, 36 altogether. And Alicia basically made the six-week course in six weeks. At the same time, as still working full-time in the clinic, being a parent, and you had some training thing on for a week in the middle. NLP master practice, yeah. 10 days face-to-face training. 10 days training in there as well. So she'd be like working all day, come home from work, say hello to me and the kids. I'd been working all day as well. I'd just sort of say hello to her. I'd do the kid run and then Leash would work again from maybe 8 or 9 p.m. through to about 1 in the morning. And it was bloody hard work. It's the hardest I've ever seen anyone work. Literally, Leash just pushed really, really hard. And it was not easy. It was a strain on our family and our relationship as well as the workload. But that massive push for just a short time, it was for like six weeks, really laid the foundation then and set a standard for what the rest of that process would look like. So it, it certainly was not an easy thing to do to start with. But the the passion that went into it and the drive that was there meant that Lisa just worked right through it and did really well. And obviously we've put a heap more work in and around it since then in a much more ordered and <laughs> much more normal hours way. I think we were really embodying um, the 80-20 rule or Pareto's principle of progress over perfection. Um, everything I did, it was like I created, I looked at the blueprint and went, yeah, I think that's going to work. I think that's what they need. 
Um, I built week one, I made sales. And then like James said, I built week two while they were doing week one. I built week three while they were doing week two um, and went through it. I think I had one day called the catch up day in week five because I literally hadn't built the content for that particular day yet. Um, that's not in there anymore. No, that's not right. so the catch up day. Um, but it, you know, I think it's probably true of my nature when the why is big enough, the how takes care of itself. Um, by the end of it, I thought, I'll just see how we, how we went. And I spoke to one of the participants, um, who had been seeing about four clients a week and she was at 17 clients a week consistently at the end of the six weeks. And I went, well, I guess it works. Um, (laughs) and I mean, like James said, we have, we have tweaked it and refined it and it's, it's, it's not a different course because fundamentally it's the same. It's actually the same. Um, the content is the same, but the way that we package it up is a little bit differently, and I think that that's probably one of the, the best things that we've done is that we just, we only have two courses. That's all we have. And we mm. talk the right message to the same people consistently, exactly like what we teach our clients to do, you know, speak the right message to the right piece of people with the right frequency, have the right connection. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's what we've been able to do. We, we do work hard when needed um, and just, make make it happen i think if you want to if you want to do what if you want to create something that no one else has you've got to be willing to do more than what other people do in order to get that result i don't believe that you have to hustle really hard all the time because i don't think that that's sustainable uh, i think rest is really important it's probably a big key element that we've had to bring back into the coaching sort of <laughs> rhetoric that we have because we had a lot of people you know in our bigger program just working really hard like we were and then realized hang on this isn't sustainable so there has to be both um but i think that at the start you've just got to be willing to do more than everyone else is around you yeah and i so resonate with what you're saying there about working a full-time job trying to launch the program having kids and still doing life. That sounds exactly like my life when we launched Beauty Industry Pro except substitute kids for cat and then you've got me, (laughs) (laughs) my partner and I. (laughs) Um, I'm sure yours was much more difficult because I can, you know, not feed a cat for a couple of hours and it won't really matter. (laughs) But I completely understand you in what you're saying about the passion, you know, and a lot of times business owners ask me, you know, Tamara, I want to get from A to B or I want to book more appointments or I want to sell more retail. And when I, when we give them the tools, sometimes their why is not strong enough that they actually go ahead and action it. Right. So I'm wondering for you guys, what your course entails. So there's six weeks, there's six programs. What do you actually deep dive in that course? So we look at we we look at uh, we have a different theme for each week, um, which comes from the three what we call the three amazing M's, which is a I guess a process we went through when we wrote our book. Uh, we looked at if what are the things that therapists needed to have in in their business in order to be fully booked and not get burnt out. So the business is busy, but the therapist themselves is also thriving. So we know that they needed mindset, marketing, and mechanics. So we know that they need to be able to think like a business leader. They need to be able to attract consistent clients in who get what they do before they even come in and be able to do it in a way that is replicable, that they can have consistency in their business without it breaking or without them breaking. Um, So we broke the course into six weeks. We have week one is around, um, sorry, mindset. Mindset, yeah, yeah, mindset's week one. So it's looking at how do you, how to think like a business leader looking at why do you do what you do, your values, um, understanding who you are as a business leader in terms of profiling and and things like that. Uh, Week two is about tribes, so how to attract clients in who get what you do before they come in. Um, Getting your messaging really clear. We give them access to every successful campaign we ran at OG Massage. Uh, We talk about Facebook, Facebook ads. um, Some branding level stuff if people haven't got that sort of thing. Value, like what you charge, how to figure out what to charge. Um, then week three is about tribe. Uh, sorry, is about um... website is week three. So week three is the week I take. Yes, as the as the <laughs> ex website designer. Um, week three is about how to create a simple website if people don't have one yet. But more than that, it's not just the tech. It's like what do you actually put on a website so that you're ticking the boxes for the different kinds mm. of people that come in uh, and might see it and how to actually use it as a marketing asset. 
Week four is all about structure, so systems and structure and getting the business, sort of looking into those mechanical side of things of the business, understanding your numbers and critical data um, and just getting really clear on the, the back-end side of things, making sure that your bookkeeping is on point, that your book software, software, software is right. Week five goes back to mindset, so we look at inspirational living. How do you take care of the caregiver? We can't pour from an empty cup if you're going to start seeing 25 mm. clients a week consistently across 48 weeks of the year. You're going to be earning a lot of money, which is great, but you want to make sure you have all the things in place that are going to actually enable you to be able to do that and empower you to do that so that you don't burn out yourself. And then in week six, we bring it all together. So we look at things like my, um, emails, and but then look really looking at goal setting. So where do you want the business to be in 12 months? How do you break that down to 90 days, break it down to 30 days, and then figure out what it is that you need to do and focus on for this week in order to be able to implement everything in the course? Incredible. Um, and I love that it's, you're really covering off everything around the business because um, you know, it's not just one thing, I want to get my 25 clients a week or I want to get more clients, but then how do I retain them? How do I attract them? How do I service them? How do I leverage the business and scale it up? So I really appreciate what you're doing there and giving people a whole picture. It's literally like, here's how to create a massage business in a box. <laughs> it's so awesome. Um, James, I'm wondering how you came into the picture. Obviously you are the husband of Alicia. <laughs> yeah. How did how did that kind of merger happen in terms of coming from your web developer and getting into the business? How do you guys go working together every day? I'm sure I would yeah. kill my husband. Uh, great questions. So I <laughs> I actually while Leash was running the clinic, um because she ran the, the massage clinic. She literally started from our lounge room massaging family and friends when she was first qualified. And then over it was, what, 16 years. Uh, but over that time, you know, grew it and eventually um, had the three-room clinic, something like nine staff, if you include a couple of admin people in there, and doing 100 treatments a week. And while Leash was doing that journey, I was running a digital marketing agency at the same time. So sort of very similar story. I started just... Um, doing website design myself as a freelancer because that was kind of my my passion and something that I was interested in. I'd studied design and communications. And so I started doing that. But then as time went on, this was at the time when mobile phones were just starting to be used. We're going back like 10, 15 years. Uh, mobile phones and the, the smartphones were really only just starting then. So there was this massive transition time, which just gave me a really good opportunity as a business owner doing tech stuff at that time to be just naturally um, helping other businesses through that transition. So I ended up running a, a little um, studio. I had half a dozen staff of my own there and we had hundreds of small business clients and a few fairly big clients every year um, for several years there. And that was a, a great business. It was uh, a very different to a massage business, but a, a really good journey for me. I really loved it. And then in 2016, I had this experience where I actually went over to Indonesia to visit uh, one of our sponsor children. We've got a, a handful of sponsor children we did at that point. And I went to Indonesia with a group of people locally um, who were going over to visit sponsor kids. And I was over there and I, I got to meet our little Angrani, this little six-year-old girl that we sponsored. It was really special, really fantastic. And even more than that, I got to meet the people who run the projects, who run the education and training with these kids. And they were so passionate and they really loved what they were doing so much. And we were there for, I think it was nine days or something. I come back the next day I'm sitting at work and I'm sitting in front of my computer and there's like 400 emails there just because I've been away for a bit. And mm. I spent all day working through these emails and it's like, you know, like I loved my job. I actually loved the business. I loved our clients. I loved my staff, but the contrast between being in this place of having so much sort of heart centered impact and then coming back and just feeling like I'm surrounded by tech and it's all just kind of, I don't know, email and, and whatever. That really was a profound shift for me. And it was like within a week or two, I remember, well, the next day I remember saying to Leish, hey, Leish, I think we should sell everything and move to remote Indonesia. <laughs> and Leish was like, yeah, nah, <laughs> that's not going to happen. But within a couple of weeks, I'd really made the decision of, look, I had already been doing some training in Massage Champions. I've, um, we've both got a background teaching at TAFE as well at different points. So I'd already been delivering some content but wasn't really involved in the business at all. And I'm like, let's just see what it would look like if I 
sold my other business and moved into this full time, what would that be like? And Lish was like quietly excited, I would I say. Was, like, <laughs> I would say it was very important that I was because at the time it was probably going through a bit of a, like it was it was a big time for both of us because I'd, I'd been in Vegas at a conference while he was visiting and graining jumping out of an aeroplane with a bunch of It's like we're at opposite ends of the earth, literally, geographically and (laughs) what would you call that, socioeconomically. Everything was totally Um, different. And I was just so driven to come back. I'm like, I'm going to change the world. We're going to run a really big, successful business. I'm going to work with like 5 million people and just be like, And I'm like, we're selling everything. We're moving to the the (laughs) sticks in Indo. (laughs) After the break, Alicia and James share with us how their marriage survives business and provides us with tips on how you can attract and retain more clients. But first, a message from our sponsors. If you're looking for a beautiful natural massage oil to use in your therapeutic massage, then you need Relievamid. It's an Australian natural massage oil packed with ingredients to help you calm and relieve your clients' muscles and joints, and it also helps your hands and wrists as you massage. The warming feel of black pepper, along with the divine smell of ginger, clove and rosemary, make it the perfect addition to your massage services. Find out more at www.relievamed.com.au. When we created this business together, Alicia was already running it, but it's probably been, what, a year, maybe even a bit less, and it was still just sort of taking off. Um, I decided to come on full-time as well. And we were able to sit down and really have a session of saying, well, what is the goal of this business? Not just for us in our little lives here, but what's the impact we want to make? Yes, it's with massage therapists. Yes, it's with an entire industry that needs some business help. And we also have the opportunity to impact other people as well, to be a gift to other people. So one of the things that we've built into our business is that for every client that we have in our our bigger program, the 12-month program, we actually sponsor a child in Indonesia on their behalf. So at the moment we've got 40 something kids that we sponsor every month in Indonesia and we pay for that, but then we allow our clients if they want to be able to connect with an individual and do the, the letter writing and that kind of stuff if they feel like it. Uh, And that's been a really powerful part of the kind of the back end that not a lot of people see that, but it's part of what drives us to be able to make this business work really well as well as, of course, the actual clients and the impact and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess my journey into the business is a little bit different, but the skill sets that we both have really complement each other. Leash has always been the, the dynamic one. The, she loves social media, loves getting her face on things, loves getting attention and that kind of stuff. It works really, really well for marketing, for leadership. She's excellent at the kind of team leadership. And I'm much more like, Let's, let's create a plan. Let's put a spreadsheet up. Let's track our expenses. Let's do these different things. <laughs> and as long as we recognize the strengths of that difference, it works really well. Occasionally we do butt heads a little bit, <laughs> but it always comes back to just saying, yeah, but these are the strengths that we each have. And the business as a whole is much stronger through having the two of us being quite different uh, in our personalities and in our skill sets. I think one of the great things that we did right at the start was in terms of our relationship was to actually have defined job roles. Um, we sat down for a couple of hours at our favourite restaurant over a bottle of wine and <laughs> really, you know, it was like setting this, the boundaries of what I'm responsible for and what James is responsible for. Because if you can imagine, we've both run businesses for, you know, 14, 15, 20 years and then we step in together and we're married. Like there was a, there were, I'm not going to lie, there was some argy-bargy at the start. <laughs> we made some calls that I was not happy about and vice versa. And it was like we can't, we cannot be literally living on each other's toes and on eggshells all the time. It's not working for us. It's not working for our clients. It's not working for the business. So I think setting aside some job roles was really important because, like, for example, James's head of marketing makes sense. Um, I'm still the face of the business because people know me because I am the therapist and, and lots of stuff. And although we are equal partners in the business, I think I will probably always be the face of it. And so James will say to me, hey, Leish, can you do a video for this or do some lives around this or, you know, whatever. Yeah, cool, no worries. But I don't have to worry about the kind of marketing we're putting out there because he's responsible for it and he just does it. And it's the same with delivery. So I'm head of delivery um, he doesn't have to think about, oh, my gosh, are we servicing our clients well enough? What's their feedback? What's going on? Is what we're delivering? 
But he doesn't have to think about that because it's my responsibility. And if there's a problem with it or a challenge with it or we're doing really well with it, then I come back to him and say, I'm just letting you know, you know, we had people go through the program. This is their feedback. They're loving it. Um, there's this part that seems a bit sticky because we keep getting feedback on it. And then we together work on the challenge on solving it. Um, so I think we, we do everything together, but the responsibilities that each of us have gives us enough autonomy to be like, I'm not, I don't have to micromanage and he doesn't have to micromanage, which is a good thing when you're dealing with the two of us. Yeah. And we also, the feedback we get from our clients is that they really get a lot from having the two of us do training as right. well, yeah. because our training styles are, are different. Mm-hmm. It's probably not that different in style, but the stuff that we teach on, we've got a broader range of things that we've got a lot of experience with. Um, I've just like spent so many years building websites and Facebook ads. It's like, it's just, especially some of the campaigns and work that we did was really high level and in depth. And then stepping back and going, well, hang on, these, these are actually quite simple what these people need. Let's not overcomplicate it. Let's just keep it down to what these uh, massage therapists and similar. It's, it's a fairly simple campaign in a marketing sense. Being able to deliver content around that that's really high quality and fun is really cool. And then Leisha's got the whole kind of, this is how you manage staff. This is how you connect with people. Mm. Naturally very friendly, um, quite a different sort of presence on stage. So, yeah, it, it's something that we're just really blessed that it's worked yeah. out so well, honestly. it's okay. it's um, We're in a good place and our clients get great results and give us good feedback just because of the experiences that we've had. Mm. That's amazing. And I'm wondering then, um, I know one of your um, weekly courses was talking about mind uh, mindset rather and I'm wondering you know we are Alicia you would understand therapist first and business owner second and sometimes it's difficult when we try and put value on ourselves or we undervalue ourselves and I know you mentioned before that um, we've also done a little bit of NLP so I'm wondering if you have any advice for therapists as to how we can shift our mindset from providing therapy to actually providing our services. Because as you said earlier, you started by treating friends and family and they're the people who we often discount the most to. So I'm wondering what your advice is there. Yeah. Great question. So I, uh, I love, I love personal development uh, and human patterns, patterns of human behavior uh, I think we tend to go into business, as someone said so beautifully to, in a seminar I was in once, where we take our credit card in one hand and our bollocks in the other and we go and start a business. And I think that is fundamentally <laughs> true for many people. Yeah. What we don't talk about is that we walk into business with hundreds of thousands of limiting beliefs. And in normal life, those limiting beliefs may hold us back generally in, you know, in different areas. But I think in business, it gets highlighted incredibly. And it gets highlighted when people need to value themselves, when they need to figure out what they need to do. Um, and a limiting belief is just literally a little seed that was placed probably when you're a kid uh, before the age of seven. That was a little seed that your that your brain heard, saw or experienced and made a decision around it you know, like I'm not good enough or, you know, mum and dad love someone else in the family more or I'm the favourite or whatever it is. And then we look for evidence of that in our lives um, throughout all the things that we do and we collect evidence that we become right about it. And that's all limiting belief is. And so what I find is that when people come into business, it's like that those things get highlighted, not so much at the start, but as you start to become successful, as you start to step out of the tribe and you, you know, you do say to your family, Hey, guess what? My business is really successful. And the response and the reaction and what you make that mean is what will start to highlight to you some of your beliefs. If you say to your family, I'm doing really well, and they look at you and start to put you down, it's like that can be really challenging to tell your family you're doing really well. And they're like, Oh, it won't last. Or you have to, you know, other limiting beliefs can be that you've got to work really hard for your money. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not enough. Am I, are people going to love me? What if people judge me on social media? All that sort of stuff. And so what we talk about is that in the treatment room, you've got to have love, kindness, compassion and empathy. And that's what makes up for an incredible treatment and a great therapist. Then when you step out of the treatment room, you actually need a whole different skill set. Because love, kindness, compassion, empathy is not going to help you charge the right amount of money. 
um, be able to make your business run successfully, make sure, make sure that your goals are aligned, understand your values. You need a different set of skills in order to do that. And we call this, there's like different hats. So it's like when you step out of the treatment room, you need to put on your business hat. And this is like a logical hat that makes great decisions, looks at the big picture, makes decisions based on a criteria and says, right, where does my business need to go? If I've had a lot of cancellations this week, instead of feeling emotional and, oh, my gosh, no one loves me and ever see this, my parents are so right, I can't make this work. Instead of going into that, put your business hat on and go, what can I do? Do I need to send an email? Can I text some people? Are there some people I haven't seen for a while that maybe I can give them a call? And you, you start to look at what I logically can do in order to be able to change the situation. And that's where mindset becomes really important because anyone can show up in their business on a good day, but it's showing up on the hard days or the dark days or the times when it's challenging that we need to be able to step outside of those emotions and go, what else can I do? How could I look at this differently? What would I need to tell myself differently about this situation? What else could I make it mean? And that's where I start to get really excited. Uh, and that's what I love to be able to see and, and the, the difference that I notice. Probably the biggest shift that I see business owners make, um, particularly in the massage industry, is that they'll come in and it's like they're, and I've seen this taught at Cert 4 and diploma level, but it's kind of like people are learning from the perspective of, but I'm just a, like I'm just mm. a massage therapist or I'm just a remedial therapist or, or I'm a just a, um, just a whatever they've gone and learnt. And I think that when people realise the impact that whatever their just are is, that's when the shift starts to happen, when people start to trust that what they're doing is amazing. For example, with massage, if you look at all the other modalities out there, whether it's a doctor, a chiro, a physio, an acupuncture, all of the different modalities, we put usually an hour of hands-on time with another human. There's no other industry that you get to do that and make such a fundamental shift and difference in someone's life. That's not just a massage therapist. That's not just a, anything. When people get that, when people realise the impact that it makes and that it doesn't, that there is a slice of, like if you think of healthcare as a pie, that each of us have a slice that is equal. A doctor cannot do what we do, nor can we do what a doctor does. But if they rock out in what they're doing really effectively and I rock out and show up in my business and with my clients, then I'm not actually competing with anybody else in my area. All I've got to do is show up in my heart and serve the people that are there. And if I can do that from a logical perspective in my business as well, when I'm working on the business, everything starts to flourish. Mm, that's so true uh, you know even beauty therapist um I'm just a beauty therapist I'm just a massage therapist and I, I so 100% fully believe that when we say I'm just are we are well then the client is you know having the same language oh she's just a massage therapist she's just a beauty therapist she doesn't know how to treat my skin she won't know how to fix my muscles mm -hmm. because we're putting that a at the start of the sentence and then so that's already making the client think oh well okay I should go see somebody more professional or more qualified when in mm -hmm. fact if you've done massage you know the muscles and and the bone structure almost better than any other profession you know mm -hmm. you know so many any other different modalities as round energetically and yeah just I yeah it's everything you're saying is just absolutely preaching to the choir here <laughs> um and I love what you said there about booking yourself clients and having a number per week and your golden number is to book 25 clients per week I'm wondering where this figure has come from it is it's a fairly industry standard however I do believe that every therapist has an intuitive amount of clients that they want to see per week. Um, you know, for me personally, 23 was perfect. If I saw any more than that, my hands got sore, I got narky, you know, it wasn't, I got too emotional, it wasn't good. Um, and I had therapists too. Like, people will come to me and go, I just, I just want to see 15 clients a week. If I could see 15 clients a week, I'd be happy. And I go, rock on. If that's what you want to do, we can help you. Other times people are like, I want to see 35 clients a week. I'm a myotherapist. I only do half-hour appointments. That's what I need to see. And I'm like, awesome, rock on. Let's do that. 
there's no right or wrong when it comes to the amount. Um, usually when you're seeing 25 clients a week, if you're doing a 15-minute gap in between, um, that's going to be um, five clients five days a week. Um, and that's that's a really good industry standard for massage. Um, you know, I guess in with beauty therapy, you talk a little bit differently in terms of hours or, you know, mm. um, um, sliding scale. Appointment and, times. Appointment times yeah. and things like that. Exactly. Um, but that seems to be the industry standard for us because it's not just 25 hours then. That's probably more like 35 hours to 40 hours by the time you do client history notes that you have to take um, any sort of follow-up and then working on the business as well. So that tends to be, you know, your kind of 35 to 38 hours a week. Mm, I guess when you say 25, you think, oh, only 25 clients, mm. but you've just made me realise there's so much more. There's, you know, the clean and retail in between. There's yep. being the receptionist if you're your own business owner. There's being the business owner. There is all yeah. of the marketing and the note writing and everything that comes around that. So I think, you know, sometimes making more money and fitting more clients into the week is going to leverage off doing something else, you know, mm. potentially working on the business rather than in the business. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering then if I'm a therapist who's not serving 25 clients a week, then what are some simple steps that you um, might advise to do to increase that number if I am maybe doing 10 clients a week and I do want to get to the 25 figure? It's a great one for James. Oh, yeah, the marketing. <laughs> So when, when we look at our 3M structure, marketing is the engine room of growth. So we want to have a look closely at marketing if you want to increase your number of clients. Um, there's a heap of different marketing options out there. And one of the challenges that can happen is that people have kind of heard of all the different things they should be doing. Oh, I should be on Facebook and Insta and I need a website. I've never had one. And, oh, you know, I, I heard someone doing a discount letterbox drop and, going and working at a market and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And they get a little bit overwhelmed just by literally how much they think they might have to do. And so instead of doing anything, they just don't do anything. They sit there just not doing stuff. So my advice is always just choose maybe two or three things that are going to be your channels. And if you happen to find that your clients are on Facebook, then great, make Facebook one of them. Um, Web is really good because people who are searching through something like Google are often looking for your uh, treatment, you know, so they're already halfway to buying. It's great if you can jump in and show them something. So maybe web is going to be another one. And then if you're a very social kind of person, maybe you're going to strike up a relationship with a local gym or a beauty therapist or something like that and do a bit of sort of cross referrals, maybe run a, an expo day there, that kind of stuff. But basically just doing anything is better than just doing nothing. And so we, we talk a lot about um, online strategies uh, but offline strategies can work just as well, depending on the type of person and where you are. Uh, yeah, the simplest thing, if you made me choose just one thing, I would definitely say making sure you're listed in Google. So mm. Google Maps or Google My Business, it's sort of this all lumped together. You can get a free listing on Google Maps. You don't need a website. You don't need anything at all. But if someone is searching for massage therapist in your suburb name, you'll potentially pop up on the map uh, because you've got that listing there. And because those people are searching for your, your, your treatment, they're already really likely to call you and buy. Uh, a high number of them will at least inquire. So that's, that's probably like the single easiest thing if you haven't done that already to jump on that. That would be the same with beauty therapy too, to be honest. It's pretty much any mm. industry. Um, the power of people searching in Google is great. The The challenge with that is that you can't control how many people search. So if they're searching, sweet, you can pick up a few clients from that. But once you've got that number of clients coming through each week or month, whatever that is, you can't do much to encourage more people to search, right? So that's where you have to start looking at the more proactive, outward-facing marketing like um, Facebook advertising, uh, other forms of getting out there and meeting people. Fantastic. And I have seen lots lately about, um, you know, these supercharged Facebook ads, which offer a really, really, really discounted price to get people in the door. Um, but then I've seen the therapist not retaining that client and just turning on these really cheap ads and getting lots and lots of clients in the door and just getting more clients in the door and then never actually staying and rebooking and holding them 
as a return client. And so I'm wondering if you have any tips on, well, once I've got my 25 clients in the door, what are some special ways in which I can retain them? (laughs) I'll I'll let Leash handle the retention question in a second. But first, we just never have discounting as part of our strategies. Uh, We might offer discounts as a special offer privately. So if you've got existing clients, we might encourage them to come back or something with special offers. Or if you're at something like an expo where you're handing out individual um, special offers, we might use discounts in those places. But we would never recommend running an open Facebook ad that goes out there to multiple people that has discounts. Because what we're doing is we're setting a standard. The very first time someone sees you and your brand, they're seeing a low price attached to it. And so the, the very first, the, their initial whole concept of who you are and what you do is attached to this low price. And it's very hard to recover from that afterwards. It's the same sort of thing that happens with those coupon website mm. uh, things. I won't mention any specific ones, but there's a bunch out there. People put these things on. They get like, oh, great. I've got 100 bookings through some coupon site because, I, you know, I offered 70% off. They made me offer this 70% off offer. It's like, sweet, but then all you get is the people who sit on those coupon sites and buy up cheap stuff. It's very, very hard to get retention from those clients. So we much more try and use offers that might have a bonus or some other super cool thing, but we would much rather include something extra, you know, um, book two treatments, get your second one half price, Mm. or, uh, or, you know, book a a treatment today uh, and get a bonus um, foam roller or bottle of essential oil or something extra or Mother's Day specials. All those kind of things are really, really fantastic, but we're much more into packaging extra value into something and maintaining the price level at a reasonable level. Uh, so then once you do get people in, of course, it's easier to retain them, especially if you've got that kind of initial offer that is um, buy two, get the second one half price because like they have to come in at least twice to be able to redeem that offer. And by then you've got a bit more rapport and you've got this stuff. Leash has a fantastic way of actually helping our clients to rebook because it is something that people aren't always confident with. Do you want to share that? Yeah, when it comes to rebooking, um, we I used to work at a chiropractic clinic. Um, anyone that's been to a chiropractor would know that chiropractors are absolute rebooking ninjas. They can <laughs> rebook people, you know, to come, come 10 times in a week. Uh, so learning how to do it uh, probably a little bit more congruently than that, obviously when the clients need it. Uh, was really I found that really easy. I didn't realize what I was doing was anything unique and different or weird. Um, but rebooking for me came very easily, and I think it's just having the confidence, um, seeding it through the treatment, and then actually asking them, you know, hey, I'd like to see you again in in a week's time and hold the space. Um, and just because most of the time I go, yeah, it sounds good, and you do it. Um, I think being able to direct somebody and tell them what it is that you want them to do at the end of the treatment is one of the most important elements to rebooking. What they choose to do is theirs, their choice to make, but they cannot do something as easily unless you offer. Uh, I'll give you an example of this. I, at the, the beauty place that I go to, um, they had a really great special offer that she said it was on the table when I was getting undressed. But she never spoke to me about it at the end of the treatment. Didn't say, now, we've got this offer for this month. Um, Have you ever considered having a facial? Would you like to? Like not one bit was mentioned. And I'm because I'm really curious around my behaviour around it. I certainly wasn't asking. Mm -hmm. But I thought I wonder what would have happened if she had have just said, we've got this amazing offer. We actually have some spots available on Tuesday morning. Is this something that you would like to do? Or, you know, if you thought about coming in for this? Because I'm pretty easy to sell to. I probably would have said yes. Lots of people might say no, but there was there would there will be people out there who will say yes as well, and I think that it's about just having the confidence to do it if if you back the services that you're offering, um, mm. and just sort of following through with the human connection because I think you can have all sorts of specials and offers and deals, but until someone says, "Hey, you should have some of this," and you go, "Yeah, you know what? Good point." Or I've just done an eyebrow wax. I noticed that your skin seemed quite dry. Often that happens in winter. Um, have you thought about coming in for a hydrating facial or something? Like she could have sold it so many times in so many different <laughs> ways because I was thinking about it afterwards. I'm like, oh. Um, <laughs> and dead seriously, she's super easy to sell to. Yeah, you, basically. If, if anyone had an offer like that, she would just buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what James is discussing. Really um, 
so I think that's really important. But then in terms of the way that I think about getting regular clients coming in is that it's not just about that once-off thing. It's actually I think of it like when they come in to see me, they're now part of our tribe. So if, if you were a client of OG Massage, you're part of the OG Massage tribe. So in order for people to stay connected, I would put things on social media consistently that they resonated and connected with as a way of saying, hey, you're like us, remember to come in. That's mm. number one. Number two, we would talk to them through emails. So doing like a, a warm-up email sequence or a, a simmer campaign, which is basically once a month talking to them, you know, this is the stuff that's going on. You know, do you need a book in your checkup? Save time book online. Um, really, really consistently being in front of them. You know, they used to say that you needed seven touch points to make a decision. Nowadays, they say you need 70 touch points with social media. Wow. So utilize lots of different channels to consistently talk the same message because just because they're part of your tribe, you want them to be indoctrinated in the way that you talk and think and feel. I've got a PT that I see in our estate um, and I haven't been for probably about a month. And I thought, gee, if it was me marketing, either a text or a call or an email would be an amazing way for me to just go, oh, yeah, it's been four weeks since I've been for a PT session. That's not helping me. If it was really easy to do, I would probably book. I know mm. I would. I don't hate him. I don't, I'm not sitting at home going, oh, he's such a terrible person. I'm never going back. I've just gotten really busy. And I think often, I know as a therapist, the idea of calling someone and talking to them, hey, I haven't seen you for a while, is like the most scariest thing on earth. It's also one of the most cheapest and easiest things to do. And again, it, it comes up, it comes back to them being able to make the, the client being able to make their decision. Hey, I noticed I haven't seen you for a while. How's your skin? How's your back? How's your neck? How's your dog? How was your holiday? Um, look, I've got a couple of spots available this week. Uh, would you like one? Yes, that'd be great. Or no, thanks, I'm good. Either way, it's a really easy conversation and your phone doesn't weigh 500 kilos. Yes, I used to always make, um, or makes a harsh word, um, allocate time for uh, <laughs> my, my therapist and my team to do feedback calls and follow-up calls and I would always give everyone an hour um, a week for all of, your, all of your clients who you see, give them a call, did you have any samples, are they running low in anything, you know, what's the longevity of their products looking like at home, what is a special this month and the things that the therapist would do to get out of making those yeah. calls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, no, 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 I've, I've just booked in a client and, you know, and I would say I'll just do it for you then because mm. that is the most special thing that, mm. you know, especially these days we are so connected and, as you said, the message gets lost because there's mm. so many platforms and so many things that we're doing. Um, but even just something as simple as asking the client, did they want to rebook or, yes. um, you know, I would always say don't ask, just let them know this is your yeah. next due date. That's um, right. But I was having a treatment the other day and I do a uh, monthly mystery shop and this treatment was stunning it was a 75 minute facial with reiki healing and um, massage it was absolutely gorgeous it was probably the first time in six months that I've actually stopped and I was being one of those clients who was jolting myself up, waking myself and snoring, and I'm never, ever that client. So I bet you the therapist was just going, oh, my goodness, yes, I've got her. Mm. But I said to her at the end, um, you know, once I had, I was kind of like you, waiting for her to ask me to rebook and mm. waiting for her to show me products that she mm. was using on the treatment, and neither of those happened. And I said at the end of the treatment, this was the most amazing facial, easily top three facials that I've ever had in my life and there's been a few. So if you had offered me to have this once every six weeks or even once a month because of the way that I'm feeling right now, mm -hmm. I would be putty in your hands. Mm -hmm. Like I would rebook and purchase six of these treatments mm -hmm. in one go just mm -hmm. so I can lock them in for the second half of the year yep. and anything you showed me right now I would purchase and I'm not an easy person to purchase you know I'm that typical a type d client you know quite dominant but if you get me snoring and if you're giving me all of the feels during the treatment well mm -hmm. then I'm yours but because the question wasn't posed even if she had done it really shonkily and just said 
did you want to rebook your next treatment? Yeah. You know, yes. then I, I still would have said yes, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I'm wondering then, we've talked about the 25 treatments, we've talked about getting the clients in the door, we're servicing them fantastically. How do we avoid burnout? I actually think that people fear burnout far more than they experience it in my experience. We've put out marketing campaigns, hundreds of marketing campaigns to massage therapists to figure out what really resonates with them. Every time we talk about burnout, I'm like, we will get maybe three people attend a webinar. Underwhelmed. Underwhelmed, incredibly Mm. underwhelmed, as opposed to multiple people coming to webinars. Like it's, and it's like, we fear it so much more than we actually experience it. However, the the few things that I do recommend is number one is you have to take care of you. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Like I said earlier, when you go on an airplane, they say to fit your own mask before you fit those around you. In order for you to be able to consistently show up in your business, you have to be taking care of you. For example, if you're seeing, you know, 10 to 15 clients a week and you're feeling tired and exhausted and it feels like things are hit and miss, your unconscious mind, which drives our body, it tells our heart to beat and our skin to renew and and all that stuff, its job is to keep you safe and it is not going to help you grow the business if it thinks that there's not enough time to take care of you. So you've got to put that time in place. That could literally be sit down and have a cup of tea with a teapot and actually wait for the whole kettle to boil, you know, enjoy it in the sunshine, spend half an hour, 20 minutes, something like that. Maybe it's having a bath. Maybe it's, you know, those little things. And then also go and have treatments with people. It helps you with your networking and referrals. Uh, It also helps you know what's a great treatment and what's not. You know, always, whenever I have a treatment, I think, oh, that is amazing. Mm. Or I look at it and go, oh, that's terrible. Um, and while I'm, while I'm ticking the self-care box, I'm also ticking the learning box of, you know, how does someone roll the towel? How do they, do they put an electric blanket on? How do they do those little things, those one percenters that help the whole treatment come together and be amazing? I think the next thing that's really important is that people are really clear on where they want to go in the business. Because if we don't have goals and we're just kind of floundering around, it's easy to kind of go, oh, I've been doing this forever and I'm not getting anywhere. But if, you're, if you've got a goal, you're really clear on where you want the business to go in 12 months, in six months, in three months, and then you create an action plan to get there, you will have inspired, you will take inspired action towards that. Nobody got up in the morning for a reasonable goal. So we like to talk about UTMs or undie tightening moments, which is where you talk about a goal and kind of go, <gasps> Gee, I just said that, didn't I? Okay. <laughs> because they get you excited and inspired. And when you're excited and inspired by the goal, you'll take inspired action uh, consistently towards it. And motivation is when you're kind of pushing, pushing, pushing really hard. And inspired action is when you're like, you're actually taking it with you because this is where you want to go. Um, so I think those two elements are important, looking after yourself each week, each month um, with those little self-care parts that just take care of you. Um, and then making sure that you've got the right things in place so that you are really inspired for your goals. Um, and I think the third thing that's really, really important is to ask for help. Um, I have a saying, we obviously like massage, it's 80% of massage therapists are women. Um, and one of the things that I say to them is that strong, independent women ask for help because so many times women have maybe seen their own mums work themselves into the ground or grandmothers work themselves into the ground and there's an expectation that you have to do everything, you have to be the super mum and have the perfect house and have the perfect job and have the perfect business and, you know, be the perfect everything and it's just absolute bollocks. Um, And I think that it's really important that we do actually ask for help. I think it's one of the biggest challenges we face with most of the clients that step into our 12-month program, usually because they're A-type personalities who are used to doing it all on their own. Uh, it's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I'm like, you you have to learn to ask for help. And it's like, I've literally had people say, but why? Mm. <laughs> I can do it myself. <laughs> and it's like, because you actually can't. You can wear your undies on the outside if you like, but the quickest way to burn out is to just think you have to do everything yourself. Instead of actually looking at, well, you know, for me in my life, I have a cleaner that comes in every week. We work from home. Um, If I don't do that, I feel like my house yells at me. 
And I don't have time or want to be able to do that, um, those jobs. And the fact that it gets done every week, I'm just filled with gratitude. It's just the most amazing thing ever. And I started by having explained it once a fortnight for two hours because that's all we could afford at the time. Um, and I think getting the help and support that you want, you know, even James makes me coffee every single morning and I love that. Um, being willing to ask for help and accept the help that you get is is a really important part of not burning out. That is some great advice there and you've even given me advice as an A-type and <laughs> D-behavioural type, definitely taking that advice from you. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insights today, Alicia and James. We so appreciate having you on the podcast. And if people um, don't know already, can you just share where all of your platforms are across um, social and website and all the delicious bits and pieces? Yeah, sure. Thank you for having us. It's been great to, to be able to chat with you. Uh, our business name is Massage Champions, so you can search for that pretty much anywhere and you'll find it. Massagechampions.com is our website. Uh, our Facebook page is actually called Alicia Crook Business, business Coaching. Coaching for Massage Therapists. Yep. Uh, but if you search Massage Champions, you'll still find that. And Instagram, we're Massage Champions as well. And our YouTube channel. Oh, YouTube's Massage, Massage Champions too. <laughs> and, yeah, and we've got a podcast as well, actually, which is called the Business of Massage and Wellness podcast. So heaps of places that people can connect. Brilliant. So if you are a massage therapist or if you're thinking of heading down the pathway and studying more massage or just even learning to scale your business, I'm sure um, there are so many other tools and tips and tricks that you can find out, um, even if you're not a massage therapist from Massage Champions. Thank you again both for your time today. No worries. Thanks, Tamara. Whether you're a massage therapist or not, the message behind the Massage Champions philosophy of understanding your why, harnessing your passion and taking action to excel your income is one we can all resonate with. Alicia and James have been kind enough to give to you their four growth killers quiz, which will help you realize what is holding you and your business back from reaching its potential, which you can find in our podcast show notes. As always, if you have loved today's episode and know a massage therapist who will benefit from listening to, please share or screenshot and post this across your social media channels. Until next time, stay connected.